You keep coming back for it each and every morning, and we are thankful indeed. Yes, yes, there was inclement weather. Yes, there were two-hour delays that were as predictable as the sun rising and the sun setting. And, of course, unless you're out there in, like, western Maryland or West Virginia, none of it's frozen. It was such a pleasant commute in this morning. Two-hour delays, I'm all for it. Start school 10 o'clock every day. It'll make it easier for me, Russell, and Maddie to get into work. Good morning. It's Russell and Menhurst on a Thursday morning, live and in living color from the nation's capital of the greatest country in the world. Matt Essex on the other side of the glass. Russell's across from me. I'm Pete Medhurst. Great to have you with us. It's time to talk commanders and the Giants. We've had plenty of fluff to talk about during the bye week. It's time to get down to brass tacks and talk some football. And to do so right away this morning, we go to our sister station, WFAN in New York, the great WFAN. Thanks to WFAN, we all have jobs. Our pleasure to bring in Danielle McCartan from WFAM. Danielle, Pete and Chris here in D.C. Appreciate a few minutes this morning. How are you? Hey, thanks, guys. Really good, and I agree with you. Start school at 10 o'clock. This would be a lot easier schedule. <laughs> said, said every school teacher in all the land, and then every commuter that doesn't get the two-hour break but got the break from no traffic. Exactly. Win-win both ways. No doubt. Danielle, look, the Giants, and and look, let's face it, it's been a long time since you all in New York have had this type of football uh, to talk about. Yeah, I mean, don't remind me. But, you know, look, I mean, the Giants and Jets both uh, at the seven win mark. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Maybe, maybe thinking the Giants would get a little bit of boost out of Dable, but I don't think anybody saw that coming. However, for the Giants, They've almost been kind of on a, on a sled, on a downhill, you know, snowy hill right now. Can they stop the bleeding here against a team that, quite frankly, over the last couple of years, this has been the one club that they've had some modicum of success against? Yeah. Uh, my first question, I guess, because I was looking at the injury reports, and I know it's early, is Chase Young playing or not? That's going to be a big difference. Um, we don't know is the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of been our answer because, every week. Because every week they think he's going to play, and every week they then decide yeah. not that he's going to play because, I don't know, it's it's a day ending and why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to be a really big difference maker because the offensive line in the Giants is not great. So if he's on the defensive line playing, uh, it's probably going to be lights out for the Giants. But um, the downward slide, I attribute to two different things. I mean, one – Every team has injuries. I know that. But when you look at the Giants, I'm looking at their injury report right now. Wednesday, Adoree Jackson, their number one cornerback, did not practice. They don't, they're playing with practice squad wide receivers, let's be honest. You've got uh, Shane Lemieux out. I mean, they have injuries. Leonard Williams at, at these really significant positions, right? And I know every position is significant. But when you have your top cornerback out, your, your top defensive end out, you've got you know all these guys out and did not practice and all that. It makes a big difference. That's the first thing I would say. And I know I'm not making excuses. I know every team has injuries. The second thing I would say is the blueprint for Saquon Barkley has been figured out. We here in New York are, are debating whether or not he's actually 100%. And I know not every player is, but there might be something significant uh, going on with him injury-wise. If not, then the blueprint is out on how to stop the Giants' offense. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's you stop the ground game, make Daniel Jones throw it to the practice squad receivers, and you get yourself a win. And, and you know, midway through the season, maybe three or four games ago, I forget which team actually did it. Maybe they, I think it might have been the Lions. 
they figured it out. They stopped the run. And the Giants have pretty much been on the skid since then. And, actually, and, so. and Seattle too, I think before that, right? Uh, I think yeah, there were there were a few in yeah, a row actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, so so that so that's the obvious question. We know he's not a hundred percent because of the neck, right? But they were able yep. to maybe preserve him a little bit last week because it was such a blowout. He says he's definitely playing. I expect him to play. I don't think anybody doesn't expect him to play. But who else could step up if Saquon Barkley? Is limited if he. I mean, is it is it just you know one of the backup running backs or uh, we we were talking before the show the kid that ran uh, Hodgins uh, he ran yeah. a br- uh, just a killer route when we were at MetLife uh, two weeks ago. I mean, I I was there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe the move that he put. Yeah, yeah granted on a seventh round rookie corner. Like who else has yeah. to step up if it's not Saquon doing what Saquon does? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be, I mean, this is a bad answer, but it's going to be all of them. I mean, Gary Brightwell, he's a backup running back. He got significant carries. You know, he had five carries for 23 yards last week, you know, in Saquon's absence. Um, you got Matt Breida. I mean, it's just, he's he's also on, you know, on the ground game for the Giants. For me, for me, and then there's a lot of debate here in New York as well, for me, it's going to be Daniel Jones. He's going to have to step up. He's going to have to step up in the pocket and deliver the ball to, to these practice squad receivers. No, no, you know, not sliding them. I mean, Hodgins, good. You know, Slayton, good. But if you're looking for, you know, a superstar player to step up that's not named um, uh, Saquon Barkley, it's going to have to be Daniel Jones. It's going to have to be Darius Slayton, who, by the way, uh, last week they showed the stat, I think. He has the second most percentage of drops in the league. I mean, that's what Daniel Jones is working with. People around here don't understand that. So to step up, my bet's going to be on Daniel Jones. He's got to be the guy this week. Yeah, Slayton, of course, had a dramatic drop here last year uh, and had a couple in the uh, first meeting between these two teams. What's the uh, What are the early returns on Brian Dable in New York? People love him. I He was my pick, and, and maybe I might be biased. I don't know, but he was my pick But from before it even started. The GM... Joe Shane was my pick from before the process even started. Um, he's an offensive-minded coach. Uh, people don't, I don't know around here, know, but you know, before every game, him and Daniel Jones hug each other and they say, I love you, I love you. Like, not you, I love you. So um, <laughs> they're hoping that he can, they can, they can Wait, get, they, you know, they don't. They don't say, I love yous? <laughs> no, no, no. I love you. I love you. I love you. No, that's utes. plural. The that's two plural utes. around here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but, you know, there's, there's a really good, I think, working relationship between the two of them. I think it, he's only getting the better of Daniel Jones, um, who is a quarterback who has seen, what, four different head coaches, I think, in his, mm-hmm. in his tenure here, four different offensive coordinators. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot for, a, a, for you know, first year, second year, third year, now fourth year guy. So um, I think Daniel, I might be biased again, but I think Daniel Jones is the answer moving forward. He's got everything you need, but the early returns on da- at Brian Dayball is pe- people love him around here. Yeah, there, there really isn't any sort of wavering on him just yet, especially, you know, including uh, during this skid. All right, you just asked one one of my questions questions about Jones long term or moving forward. I, yeah. I don't know how that gets done—a contract extension, franchise tag, whatever. Uh, uh-huh. But but here's my the next part. Ron Rivera the other day said, you know, the number one thing he would want to change from the last meeting between these two, which was the last game for the Commanders, not for the Giants, was controlling right. Daniel Jones. He has had a lot of success against. The Commanders, the Washington football team, the Washington Walruses, the Washington Redskins, what have you. <laughs> Why do you think he has had more success against this organization than any other? 
That's uh, hard to say. Um, I mean, I, I never played football, but I, I was an athlete, you know, growing up. That You know, there's just some teams that you're like, you walk onto the field and you're like, you know what? I got this. And then there's some teams that you're like, oh, man. like, And, and it helps that they're in, in division, you know, in division. They play them twice a year. They study up on them a lot. Um, I, I, to me, as, as a former player, I would just say just familiarity and, and just comfort level. Um, it's a feeling, though. To me, it's a feeling. I, I don't know if there's another way to explain that. And anybody listening right now that's an athlete, I think, knows that, knows that feeling. Is the fan base on board with Daniel Jones, too, you think, going forward? Or are they still in wait-and-see mode over these last couple of games? Yeah, I think I'm in the minority that I've already made up my mind on Daniel Jones, and the answer is yes. Uh, many more people are like, mm, in the in-between, the purgatory stage, and then a lot of people are like, hell no, we don't want this guy. And my question to those people is, okay, well, who are you bringing in? Like, you don't have a lot of cap space. You're going to press the reset button and start all over with a rookie quarterback out of where? Right. With the what pick in the draft? I mean, come on. Like, be realistic here. You know what you got. The guy can play in New York. He's got he's got all of the intangibles, clearly. I mean, he's got a big arm. He's, he's got escapability. It's like he's got all of the things that you would look for in a quarterback, whether that be in the draft or in free agency or whatever. But he doesn't have anybody catching the ball for right, him. I right. would not want to be evaluated on, 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 on my performance with the cast of characters around me. So I think it's unfair. I think people are just looking at the player and not the situation. And, and, and he's a smart guy, too. I mean, that's evident. So I, I'm sticking with Daniel Jones. I, I liked him all along. Um, and and I, I don't know if they'll franchise tag him because I don't know what the Giants' thoughts are on Saquon Barkley. He might get the tag. Daniel Jones might get the extension. Is my guess. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: like, if you work with Jones on an extension, it's it can't be one of these obviously mega mega contract. Right. It's got to be something sort of team friendly that also gives him the opportunity if he flourishes again with better talent around him. And, and that's just the thing. Like, am I wrong, Daniel? Like, the two. I guess criticisms of him before this year were turnovers, not being able to hold on to the ball, not being able to take mm-hmm. care of the ball, and staying mm-hmm. healthy. And yep. he's stayed healthy, and he's I think he's uh, by everything I've seen, he's cut down on 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 some of the the you know the, the bad giveaways, if you will. Exactly. Yep. And 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 the guy has shown nothing but improvement year to year. And, uh, and good for you for realizing that and acknowledging that. So as far as the deal, I, I love the website. I don't know if you know Spot Track. I'm sure you do. Oh, sure, they're, sure. Yeah. yeah, they're putting him at $25.2 million AAV for three years. Wow. I think that's a little much. Yeah. I, I like the three years, but I think the dollar amount is a little much. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that they can get it done. I hope they can meet somewhere in the middle because I'm not paying $25 million for him. That's for sure. Danielle McCartner, guest from WFAN, Talking Giants and Commanders coming up this week. Overall, in New York, and obviously, you know, I get to listen a lot with some of my travels. Uh, who's the bigger surprise to folks in New York, the Giants or the Jets? Ooh, I mean, but I can't say both. I know that. So uh, I would say the Jets, um, only because the Jets' defense, it's not just playoff caliber, it's championship caliber. And I don't think that was what anybody was expecting. Um, and, and you could see that the, the Jets weren't even expecting that either because you look at who they're going with with their quarter. I mean, Zach Wilson has been benched. He's, he's finally been promoted to QB2, but they're trying to make the playoffs. Like, surprise, here we are. Let Mike White, we're going to ride him to the end here and we'll see what happens. Um, instead of 
inputting Zach Wilson and letting him learn and letting him develop, they're like, no, we're in win now mode all of a sudden. So um, I, I think the Jets, I would say, and and a lot of the feeling around here is that the Giants are actually going to miss the playoffs, which who knows? But I think the you know I, I think the Jets have been the bigger surprise for sure. I, you know, even in my win predictions in the beginning of the season. I did not have them anywhere near where they are now. So good for them, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, they've both been the two worst franchises record-wise over the last five years. So yeah. I guess yeah. anything like a pulse is better than uh, what New York <laughs> and New Jersey has seen uh, over the last five years. Um wanted to go back to the Giants, if you don't mind, Danielle. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one of the big things for me, again, you know, like, I mean, you know, the MetLife press box, it's not, I mean, it's a beautiful press box. It's it's very roomy, but it's very high. So, you know, you get to see different things, different angles, what have you. Uh, I saw the Giants defensive line kicking the crap out of the commander's offensive line and getting to Taylor Heineke five times. And even last mm-hmm. week. Um, in a miserable defensive effort, they got to Jalen Hurts in a really good offensive line four times. That's nine in two games. And uh, Ojolari being back, Thibodeau seemingly yep. getting more comfortable. To me, is that the only way? In, or I, I guess, let me ask you this. In your mind, yeah. is that the only way, like if they kick ass and take names, that they can win this game? Yeah, I, I, yes. I would say yes. Um, also, I look at what the Giants did on third down. I mean, for, oh, wait, let's back up. Yes, the defensive line, yes. Because you look at Adore Jackson, I don't think he's going to play. So you have to get that push up front in order to get it on the back end. You know what I mean? So um, I also look at um, third downs. I mean, the Giants, the key to victory for the Giants every week, because their defense is not, it's a mid, mid-level defense. So the key to the Giants is, is to win third down. I think they're, what, 3 for 12 or 3 for 14 against the Commanders last yeah. time around. Yeah. That's not going to get done. You can't allow the offense to stay on the field. Like, I look back at um, at the Commanders' game plan. The, the Eagles have lost one game. It's to the Commanders. So I look back, and I was like, all right, what did the Commanders do to the Eagles to beat them so that I can tell my audience, like, here's what the Giants need to do. The Commanders owned the time of possession clock. It was like 40 to 19 yep. minutes-wise. And that's if you don't have a good defense, which the Giants have a mid-level defense, that's what they need to do. They need to do, to win third down on offense and, and get off the field on third down on defense. Keep the offense of whatever team it is on the sideline. That's their best chance to win. So um, does it start with the defensive line up front? Of course it does. Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, the big splashy pick in the draft. The feeling around here is like, okay, well, what have you done? You know, so this could be, hopefully would be a nice breakout game for him so he can prove to people here that he is worth where he was taken in the draft. Danielle, appreciate you making some time for us this morning and enjoy Senga Mania up there in New York with the Mets here uh, for the next few weeks. Yeah, I was on air when it broke. I, I mean, know. That, that was an easy slam dunk show. Uh, Pete, Pete was saying uh, I, I heard I mean, it. You, you were kicking ass and taking it. names with so. that move. That, that was, that, 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 it's always nice when you get breaking news late on a, what was that, Saturday, Saturday night? Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that's like Merry Christmas early to you. You know, that's Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year all together right. in in radio land. Danielle, appreciate hey, only it. If you, only if you're prepared for what, you know, only if you've been pre-prepared. You know, I, I was go. I was all up on all the pictures, all the free agency. So I was like, bingo, let's Way go. go. Let's- Danielle, appreciate it. Hope it's the first of many visits with us here in D.C. Thanks for the time this morning. Thank yeah, you, Danielle. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you. Great. Thank we you. got it. Danielle McCartan right. from WFAN. You can follow her at Coach McCartan. And again, I mean, it was like 1130 and on a Saturday night. I mean, that just goes to show you when agents 
are working and owners and general managers are still working uh, on the weekend. And Senga is going to make a difference in that rotation for the New York Mets. And let's face it, you lose DeGrom. They've replaced him with Verlander and now Senga. They lost Bassett, too. Yeah. And, well, and, yeah, Taiwan, to Toronto. and Taiwan, Taiwan Walker, Walker to the Phillies. They lost, you know, three-fifths of their rotation. That, But you know what? The, and I was going to say, look at what that one good season did last yep. year for – I mean, obviously DeGrom was going to get big money no matter what. Mm-hmm. But – you know, replacing those guys with Verlander and Seng is actually a pretty good deal. I saw Noah Syndergaard yesterday signed uh, with, the Dodgers. with the Dodgers. So the staying Dodgers. out, the, you know, going back out to the West Coast. 301-230-0980. You heard what Danielle had to say about the Giants. And Chris and I will present to you a couple of options coming up next as to what matters here. What's the most important thing? Round two versus the Giants coming up this week. Our thoughts on the keys. We'll find out what you agree with and what you disagree with at 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst. We're off and running on a Thursday morning, as always, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. I know Maryland fans are bumming this morning because within the first six minutes of the game last night, the game was over at Xfinity Center. Yeah. By the way, first time I've ever sat in the stands at Xfinity Center. Shout out to my guy, the great firefighter, John Beck, who... Not the quarterback. Not the quarterback, but he's better at his job than John Beck was at his. The quarterback that Mike Shanahan once staked his reputation on and Redskins fans actually believed... That Mike Shanahan was telling the truth, yeah, and never let him down for it. Well, I'd, I'd I say, still hear it. I'd oh, <laughs> Mike Shanahan, the same guy that said Rex Grossman or John Beck would stake his reputation. That's because on. Mike felt that he could turn even you into an NFL quarterback. Now that part is true, although he should have known better that it just doesn't. And, and he, but you know what though, John he Beck did know that he was hoping. In Mike's defense, again, this is where the film. And then you're actually hands-on working with the quarterback right. at a higher level, you know, lie to you. If you look at the college film, there was some things to like about John Beck. Sure. But it just didn't work at the pro level. The, the level of competition was just too big for him yeah. at that point. It didn't point. work consistently. It was right. okay. It was there from time to time, but it just didn't work consistently. But he was real smart, leader, work hard kind of guy. He took command well, of the kind team of, kind of by default at during that time. The, well yeah but but during the offseason workouts mm-hmm. remember oh, when yeah, they were sure. locked out so yeah. you know they liked a lot of the intangible stuff oh. they knew he was compromised talent wise well, uh, who does that sound like you're describing hmm. i'm just saying um well yeah yeah um, i mean there's i mean quite honestly there are some similarities right. if not a lot of similarities between them, here here's a novel concept. How about not putting the game, or, or or not having to put the game, in the hands of the quarterback this yep. Sunday night? You know, the I mean, the defense. If they force, you know, we just talked to Danielle, right? She was talking about time of possession that commander win against the Eagles. Yes, that is true. Forty minutes time of possession. Listen, they were not great on offense. The commanders in the second half in that game. People forget about that. People sleep on. They were awesome in the first half. They were not great in the second half. The reason why they won that game with a not so great offense in the second half 
was because they forced turnovers. So if the defense this week or special teams, remember remember they won the Chicago game and maybe even the Green Bay game because of muffed punts and and recovering them and the field position, if defense or special teams can steal them essentially seven points in this game, maybe even ten points in this game, that's going to go a long way because that means you might be able to score 23 or 24 points without the offense having to generate all 23 or 24 points if you smell what the rooster's cooking. Yep, and that leads to, you know, that leads to kind of our question this morning and the fact that, you know, what is more important in this game for Washington? Because two things that the Giants did well in the previous game, Daniel Jones escaping the pocket, particularly on third down, Mm -hmm. and Washington's pass protection vulnerable against the young rushers, Ojolari and Thibodeau. And just like we talk about here, what Washington has, it's kind of inside out, though. Because of Ojolari and Thibodeau on the outside, that allowed Lawrence and Ellis to be factors on the inside. Mm -hmm. Here, Allen and Payne being effective allow Sweat, Smith-Williams, and whoever else gets those snaps at the other defensive end to be effective. So what's more important here? What's the most important thing? Containing Daniel Jones and keeping him from escaping the pocket and breaking your back on third down? Or your pass protection coming up? in this Sunday night game with temperatures by the time we get going in the dark, low 30s to upper 20s coming up on Sunday night. You're not going to be fishing in the dark like Um, Garth Brooks once said. (laughs) Or sings regularly. Or play piano in the dark. Yeah. I mean, I I saw Garth Brooks perform Fishing in the Dark at Bill's Stadium. You and me going Fishing in the Dark. You and me going Fishing in the Dark. It's a great song. Um, So to me, the answer I think you know how I'm leaning towards this. I, I l- Listen, with all due respect to Daniel Jones, and again, he had 12 carries for 71 yards. You mentioned broke their back a couple of times. Third down, uh, there was one 21-yard uh, run up the middle. I think that was on third and I want to say third and 11, but I could be wrong on that. I'd have to go double-check that, Pete. But either way, it was I know it was a 21-yard run, 12 for 71. That was how Ron Rivera answered the question on Tuesday. When he was asked, you know, hey, Ron, you know, you're playing the same opponent back-to-back weeks uh, or back-to-back games, I should say. What has to change from the last? Okay, so I, I totally respect and understand his his point. Daniel Jones, again, as we talked about with Danielle, as we've all talked about, Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, has played really, really well against Washington's defense, even as a thrower. Mm-hmm. Like, people just say, oh, it's because he can extend plays. And see, 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 if they do that with Taylor Heineke, then this commander offense will rock and roll and, and whatnot, Ben Standing believe style, it or not, and, hey, and be awesome. Believe it or not, though, if you were to put Daniel Jones in the Washington offense oh with God, these weapons. It would, be, it would be way better, way better this year. Right. It, I mean, not, I mean, how not many... Daniel Jones from the last previous years, because even though he was capable and he was, he's only able... thrown four interceptions all year, right? But that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like last the the first couple of years of his career with terrible coaching and terrible structure and whatever, too many turnovers, and he wasn't able to stay healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And he was largely reliant on his legs to bail him out. This year, 
better coaching, better structure, better offensive line, even though it's beat up and even though it's been shuffled around and whatever, no weapons. Daniel Jones is a better quarterback this year. So so this year's version of Daniel Jones would be way better. Uh, well, way better might be uh, way better might be a stretch. This year's version of Daniel Jones would be better with this talent. Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, John Bates. This offensive line is I mean, look, they don't have Andrew Thomas and 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 um, uh, Evan and Neal. Evan Neal as bookend tackles in terms of high investment. Yeah, but you picks. can still beat Thomas, man. I Thomas know, gets I beat a ton. But he's 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 better. He he's been getting better. And listen, you're going to get beat. I mean, you're going to get take, beat at I'm that gonna position. I'm going to take Charles Leno over both of those guys. Okay, here's the thing. I know. I, would, I know I you're projecting. I know you're projecting future. You know, you're projecting down the road. No, the, I was I was actually saying that the, the commander's offensive line, I think, is on, even though it's far from perfect because of a bunch of injuries and yeah, changeover sure. inside, I, I, because of Leno and because Cornelius Lucas is solid, yeah. he's not great, but because he's solid and Norwell actually has, I think, gotten a little bit better, I would... I would say the commander's offensive line this year right now is better than the Giants' offensive line, even though a heavy investment. But my point being is Daniel Jones would – with well, your original point, Daniel Jones substituted in with this talent around him. It would be way better for Daniel Jones, obviously. And the the real question is, do you believe this offense would operate – at a higher level of efficiency if Daniel Jones was the quarterback and not Taylor Heineke. I do. Do you? Yes. Well, I think the potential, yes. The potential to be much better is there, yeah. Much better? Much better. Do you? All right. Potential you know is why? different. You know potential why? is different than because, reality. Because I, I, we have a, a quarterback that will not only be more accurate, in my opinion, but he's got... Better escapability. Yeah, he has a, he has escapability with intent. There is intent in Daniel Jones when he runs. Okay, well, let me stop you right there. What are you talking about? He wouldn't be better here because they don't let him run. Oh, he'd run. He'd run. No, Scott Turner doesn't let the quarterback um, run. We don't know that for sure, but I mean, I'm just saying. I, I'm tra- playing I devil's advocate I here because I believe they don't let Taylor Heineke run. Like a lot of fans want him to run a because they don't think he can hold up his body can hold up to the open field shots without the pocket protection rules. Well, and over the last few weeks, the backups been Hal and not Wentz. That that's, that's the, also that's part, the other of part of it. So there is a preservation Absolutely. mode. Absolutely, it's that been you have to keep Heineke on the field in theory. Right. I mean, now that's not to say Hal couldn't burst on the scene and do positive things, right. but in theory, right. You can't afford to lose Heineke right now, a because the backup is unproven. Okay, well, na- now I guess you and you could. know what? Now I guess you could right. because but because you know what, Carson's though? the primary but you know what, backup. Whatever but you know that what, means. though? I, I'd still, I would still rather keep Heineke out there because Wentz is a statue. I agree against this pass rush. Well, well and and against, against next week, pass and, rush and against this next week? week's pass rush. Yes. Listen, see, this goes back to the conversation we had yesterday. Everybody thought. In, including people in the media, that 
by me criticizing Taylor Heineke and saying Taylor's just not good enough that I want to go back to Carson Wentz. No, people. No. I hate Carson Wentz. I hate his strong. I strongly detest Carson Wentz. I couldn't stand the move. Everybody should remember that. Be long before I said I wouldn't even pick him up as a free agent. Never mind trade a bag of cash and two draft picks for him. They couldn't help themselves. They were wrong. I was right. Okay? Carson Wentz ain't any good either. I can criticize Taylor Heineke and say, here's what he's doing wrong or not well enough, Pete, to say, you know what? He needs to get better for this team to get better and to not necessarily want to go back to Carson Wentz. I do believe, do believe, the head coach and the offensive coordinator have a hank on to go back to Carson Wentz if they can. If that, they can figure yeah. out a path, I do believe that. But that's different than me, a blowhard, a know-nothing but idiot, saying be, I want to go back to Carson Wentz. That would be the Wentz. incorrect move at this point. I agree. Because I agree. all your, if you put him back in there, all you're hoping is he gives you a couple of explosive plays during the course of the game. Unless Heineke that's is throwing plus. up all over himself. Right. right. Whether that be Sunday night, next Saturday in San Francisco, whatever the case might be. Right, whenever it might be, and hopefully it's not Sunday night. Right, hopefully it's never. But we've seen evidence that he goes long stretches with a lack of a significant lack of production and a bunch of throws that make you go. Oh. Russell Ellis on Twitter. Most important thing Sunday night will be how they handle the Giants' blitz. Okay. Scott Turner needs to have at least 20 play- plays to beat the blitz and please no wide receiver screen. Well, see see that again that's part of but that's part of beating the blitz. Like you're you're not going you're not going to be able to execute every play at a high level of efficiency and I think fans are overreacting to the 3rd and 10 wide receiver screen that got blown up for a, a no gain in overtime. I think I think fans remember that and say God, we missed a golden – and you're right. You missed a golden opportunity. It was also because of what happened on the two plays before that. Again, just because one play didn't work doesn't mean you you, you never go back to that well. You, right, but, you, you, but Chris, you if you look at that – You can't run jet motion on every single if play. If you look at that particular well, though, this year – I know. The screen game in general has not been great. But correct. you know what? At times, Pete, it's worked. Remember – Week one, drive one, the backdoor yeah. uh, tight yeah, end I mean, screen no, to Amani Rogers yeah, sure, or Amari sure. Rogers, whatever the hell his name is. Amari Rogers. Uh, Amani Rogers. Amari's the whatever. one that got cut by um, Green Bay. Okay, there have been times where not necessarily true screens, but flat routes, right? Swing routes uh, to the right or the left. I mean, hell, we saw Brian Robinson first drive against Atlanta. We saw Antonio Gibson uh, cross Taylor Heineke. Uh, into the right flat against Indianapolis for their lone touchdown in the first half in Indianapolis. I mean, we've seen it doesn't necessarily have to be a wide receiver screen or tight end screen or a running back screen. It can be flat routes. It can be option routes. It can be little pop passes, pitch passes, whatever it might be. Get the ball out of Taylor Heineke's hands. Don't let Wink Martindale sit there and dial up because he is going to blitz. He is. What do they have to lose at this point? Even though they're seven five and one, again, like Danielle said, they're pl- probably playing without their top corner and a Dory Jackson, who's never available. Who's never available, and and that's always been a problem. 
they've got some decent safeties and Julian Love and what have you. But, I mean, Fabian Moreau's your best corner. Let's be honest. Fabian Moreau sucks. Let, let's let's have Terry McLaurin go to work on Fabian yes. Moreau again. Because, he yes. look, he get, did get one penalty against him. Should have had another penalty against him. And had the touchdown him. on the missed yes. tackle. Yes. Uh, on this, uh, again, on the swing route. Again, get the damn ball out of his hands, even though he's not great at it. Don't just remember the last thing you saw. Don't just remember. And you know what? I will say this, too. With the, As aggressive as the New York corners were in that game, I would definitely look for a couple of out-and-ups yeah. in this game. If you can protect better, sure. Yeah, if, but, if, but, that's the key. But I would definitely see a couple of out-and-ups that would work against this, this secondary coming up this but week. But also remember, to your point, the Giants were expecting them because they were having trouble in pass pro and they were having trouble protecting Heineke in that game, especially as the game wore on and in overtime. They were expecting... They were expecting Washington to get rid of the ball quickly. Well, guess what? When you are expecting a team to do something like that, your corners are going to play tight. They're going to play aggressive. You know what they're also going to do? To your point, either they're going to get caught flat-footed or over-aggressive, or if you can sucker them by a quick pump, Yep. Like a quick, like one step drop. Guys going to want to try and jump a route. Exactly. And then, then you go. Then you go over the top. Adios. That's what it's all about. What's more important to you, pass protection or containing Daniel Jones? And do you have another suggestion for this week? Most important thing for Washington in the rematch with the New York Giants with significant playoff implications on the line. Tough night for the Terps. The World Cup final is set. Russell's got the details. All right, we begin with the Commanders, who are uh, playing the New York Giants, of course, on Sunday night football, uh, this Sunday at FedEx Field. The kickoff set for 8:15 NBC, and of course, we will have you covered all throughout the rest of the week. Mike Mayock, who will be on the call for Westwood One, will join us tomorrow. Tomorrow at 11:30, you just heard Daniel McCartan from uh, WFAN in New York. You can listen back to that conversation on the Odyssey Rewind practice coming up, likely indoors. Guys getting healthier. Benjamin St. Juice was out there yesterday. Montez Sweat, James Smith Williams still dealing with concussion protocol uh, we will keep you updated as news trickles in from ashburn tonight could be the night alex ovechkin one goal away from tying the great gordy howe and two goals away from breaking it as the capitals take on the dallas stars 645 for the pregame 1067 the fan and the odyssey app this report is brought to you by the Purple Heart Foundation. For over 60 years, the Purple Heart Foundation has been helping veterans. You can be the difference in a veteran's life. Donate today at purpleheartfoundation.org. Donating is easy, and your donation is tax deductible. That's purpleheartfoundation.org. Honoring their sacrifice with our service. And that's what's trending. Sometimes you just don't want to interrupt elite 
guitar play. You just don't. The talented fingers. So many great, I mean, what a, I, I just love to veg on different styles of music. Obviously, Go-Go is my, my go-to and number one. But I can listen to anything. Classical instrumental makes me emotional. Trans-Siberian Orchestra makes me emotional. So, I mean, I love music. Donny Osmond would love me with his PSA about music. I mean, I could sit and listen to all types. But elite guitar play like this, you know, you could just you could just sit here and listen to this for three minutes and everything would be just fine. That's got to be better than listening to me. Thunder. Well, you, you know, you're elite from time to time on certain Whoa. things. Sometimes. Matt still hasn't been able to identify them yet, but, you know, he'll try. Hey, listen. Matt looks like a bumblebee, by the way, this morning. He does. He looks like he's wearing... Is that blue? Is that blue and gold or is that black and gold? No, he looks like he's wearing the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, throwback uniforms from, like, seven years ago. Or is that what Washington's going to wear on Sunday night? (laughs) Hey, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. Ron does not want to hear about uniforms or, or helmets or anything. I'm with about, Ron. Just about. Uh, so am I. I just want it's to play just football. A, just about football this week. You mean we're not a marketing organization, first and foremost. You mean we're not trying to hawk jerseys and sell, uh, you know, merchandise uh, and, and, and lukewarm hot dogs? Look, I got to tell you. But you do look like Ben Roethlisberger from seven years ago. Yeah. I like it, though. Especially with the snow hat on and everything. I've been called worse. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure you have. We all have. But I'm just saying, I mean, it's a good call by Pete to basically call you out for your Bumblebee slash Pittsburgh Steelers throwback. A little yellow jacket yeah. action. I mean, it could be I mean, a yellow jacket. Yeah, exactly. A Georgia, I like it. A Georgia, he could be like, uh, who's the head Georgia coach? Georgia Tech. Uh, it's not Paul Johnson anymore. I know that. Uh, of course not. Hell, they're on, they're on a, they're, Brett Key is the coach now. Brett who? Brett Key. Who's that? He, <laughs> he was the guy that took over for Jeff Collins, who took over for Paul Johnson when they were tired of running the option and winning. Winning. Okay, they were winning at Georgia Tech. They won a league championship yeah. at Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson. Then they hired Jeff Collins, which was terrible. That wasn't good enough. I told him, that, look, you know how you detested Carson Wentz well before he was signed here? Yes. I would have. I could have told Georgia Tech, this that is Jeff, not going to work. Jeff Collins is not going to no, work? No, it's not going to work. He replaced Matt Rule. or I think, no, he replaced Adazio, who I think oh. replaced Rule. At Temple, in that order, or no, he replaced Rule. He was brutal. At Temple, yes, it's terrible. So, what made Georgia Tech hire him? Because I get he had some Florida Gators ties in there, mm. so they're oh, he could get us SEC recruits. No, he couldn't. No, he didn't. And his in-game coaching was horrendous. Horrendous. It's not even close. By the way, looking for I got to tell you, last night being a fan at a yeah. game, I was ha, just being able to a, sit besides in the crowd, an awful game in terms of Maryland keeping it competitive. How was that? Um, well, my my guy John Beck got Ryan and I moved down fourteen rows, Ooh. so that was that was even better. So we were basically at center court and right in the very first couple of rows of the second deck. Which, okay. by the way, Xfinity Center is amazing. Okay, I, I mean I've been there. F- Four or five times over the first years, time I've ever sat it, in the crowd. It's a great atmosphere. First time I've ever sat in the crowd because I was there to broadcast game a couple mm-hmm. years ago. We played Mount St. Mary's as part of a doubleheader during the pandemic over at Maryland. Um, 
and the press sits right behind the one basket. Right, right. So that was the first time I've been at Xfinity as a fan, just sitting in the crowd. Uh, the place is amazing. Even the, even if you're at the, the highest possible seat in the upper deck, it's a great seat. It's not a bad seat. You're not that far away. Did you get the full experience, though, last night after the opening tip because it was so one-sided UCLA from the Yeah, but from the, the pregame crowd no? was into it. Students right. were into it. They yeah. were great. As long as the, I mean, for as long as the game stayed competitive, right. which wasn't very long. Ironically, both teams sucked the first five minutes. First yeah. five, six minutes, both teams sucked. Yeah. Couldn't throw it in the ocean. And then UCLA went and made like eight of their next nine shots, and it was easy. It was dunks. It was layup. Their spacing was elite. Maryland couldn't defend them, and it wasn't even Hawkes. You know, it was David Singletary off the bench for the Bruins last right. night. It was their big man, Jalen Clark, uh, who just went to work. Maryland has a cavity in the middle against any kind of a competent big man right now. And Clark just went to work. Uh, But again, it was because of their elite spacing. Basketball right now, good offense is predicated on great spacing, forcing the defense. Just like when you spread people out in football, basketball is about spacing, making everybody defend, you know, in the half court and make it harder for people to help. And UCLA's cutting, they're passing. And it was simplistic, man. It was ball screen to the, you know, uh, right after you use the ball screen, you throw it back behind the guy. I mean, UCLA was getting wide open shots. And the schedule of late has not been kind to Maryland. It's been a lot of travel. There's no doubt about that. Their legs looked a little weary. Uh, Their shots looked a little weary because of those legs. If you don't have your legs, you can't shoot. But I applaud both guys. I mean, Mick Cronin and Kevin Willard are friends. So this is, I believe, I think these guys go home and home for like the next four or five years in this series. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's great. Schedule great people. Play good teams. Your RPI, win or lose, is going to be okay. And Well, give, and also because UCLA is joining the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, going to I mean, be a great game I mean, in the future. And now that's official. Yeah. Right, because so, it wasn't official until, I guess, yesterday, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to this. Plus, I, again, as I've said, I love Kevin and Mick Cronin both. I, I am unabashed Kevin Willard and Mick Cronin fans. I've been a Mick Cronin fan for years. A little weird at first seeing him out there at UCLA, but I'm all in, man. I, I love the guy, and I love the I love the, how hard his team played hard as hell last night. Everywhere. 94 feet. They were great, but it was great to be a fan. And, and to be honest with you, I know it's going to be cold as hell Sunday night, but I'm actually looking forward to being a fan at this game, you know, and being able to sit there with my son and watch the game. You know, my, my oldest and I went last night, and he and I are going to the, the Commanders game on Sunday because he's a Commanders fan, where my other son is a Rams fan. So Yeah, was Kelly disappointed she couldn't go last night, too, or just about Sunday No, night? because, I mean, she knows it's late. School she had to night, get up. Yeah. Well, she didn't know she was going to get a late arrival today, That's though. True. So, but, arrival. I mean, she's had so much going on. You know, she's the manager of the boys' basketball team. She had a game last night, too, so it gave her a chance to sleep in a little bit um, and get some much-needed rest. But I'm looking forward to being a fan at the game on Sunday night and just sitting there watching the game and, 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 and being a fan and being around people and rooting for the team, rooting for the players. That's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the players coming up because the news on a potential sale – is getting a little murky. Yeah, we got so, we got to hit that coming up here. We're going to have to have all a, sorts of reports. We're going to have to have a huge dividing line as it pertains to this organization. Rooting for the players and the coaches as opposed to the organization as a whole. But if they keep winning, more and more people are going to show up because we want to go see elite people play. These are the best football players in the world, man. And that's why you want to go to an NFL game. Touchdown to tennis next right here on the Team 980 streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.